Adventist Radio London, inspiration for the soul. With Ray, Senya, Pedro, Angela, discussing the hot topics and answering your questions. Saturdays, 5 to 7 p.m. on Adventist Radio London. It's Talking Point. It's Talking Point. It's Talking Point. It's Talking Point. Real Real conversations you need to have. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and of course, welcome to all our viewers, you know, to our online viewers. Welcome. To those who may be tuning in at Adventist Radio in London, we say welcome. And of course, to all our viewers here physically at the Enterprise Seventh-day Adventist Church, a happy Sabbath to you. Happy Sabbath to you as well, Candice. Thank you, Brother Marshall. Indeed, yes. good afternoon, everyone. Happy Sabbath. We welcome those of you all here physically and those of you online as well. You yes. know, Brother Marshall, this series is just going by so quick. You yes. know, we're already at the third week. Yes. But you know, thank God that all the videos are on YouTube. You can always go back and watch them and most importantly, share them far and wide. Yes, indeed. And Candice, as you mentioned, this is already our third edition of our Breaking Addiction series. Right? So it would mean that we had two that had gone, right? Mm -hmm. If you could remember, the first edition, we focused on sexual addiction, right? But last week, we had a very interesting discourse that spoke about, you know, substance abuse. Mm -hmm. So for the sake of a short recap, Candice, did anything stood out or resonated with you from last week's program? Yes, you know, Brother Marshall, something that really stuck with me was the impact that parents can have on their children. Oh, yes. You know, one of the testimonies about Brother Rick, he spoke about his father giving him alcohol from a very young age. And I think it's important for parents to remember that you could make or break your children. You could have a seriously positive or negative effect on your children, and you need to be very mindful about the example that you set for them. Certainly, yes, indeed. And what about you, Brother Marshall? What would have stood out to you from last? Um, what was interesting to me was recognizing that, you know, addiction really isn't a choice, right? But rather, it's a mental health issue, right, that one cannot overcome in isolation. Mm -hmm. But rather, it, require, it requires a strong support system, right? For that individual to be able to, you know, break the change of, it, of addiction, right? And this series, Candice, this is also a part of that support system, exactly, you know, yes. whereby, you know, addicts could, you know, as the theme would say, mm. break addiction, mm, right? Indeed. Yes. Now, Candice, you know, this afternoon, however, mm. right, we'll be discussing a very interesting type of addiction, mm. right? And that addiction is addiction to social media, yes. right? Now, I want to ask you, are you surprised, you know, that this particular type of addiction, right, that we are facing, right, is something that we have to be concerned about? You know, Brother Marshall, I'm not really surprised, especially because in this day and age, everything is online, especially coming out of the pandemic where everything, church, school, and everything in between was online. So I think it's no surprise that we have people who are more, more or less addicted to their devices, to social media, and all these different kinds of things. So, I think, so I think it's really important that we highlight this important issue. Yes. And also, while um, the Talking Point team is having their discussions, you may have questions that may come to mind. Oh, yes. And so we want to encourage everyone to uh, post their questions. If you are online, you could post your questions on the YouTube video, the comment section. And those of you all who are here physically, and you may have questions, you're reminded about the question box at the back. There is also paper and writing material that you could just write your questions and drop them in the question box. Yes, we, we want your questions, right? So don't be shy. Write those questions, and we'll forward them you know, to the Talking Point team. 
and also candles you know we cannot disregard right the power of prayer exactly right we need prayer and so you want to encourage those of you whatever challenges that you may, may be facing we do have prayer intercessors who are ready and able to intercede on your behalf, Candice. Yes. So we invite those of you who are online, there will be a Zoom link provided that you can click that link and immediately prayer intercessors will be there at your service, right? Those of you who are here physically, you are encouraged that those prayer intercessors will be at the annex of the church, right? You can just step out quietly, make your way to the annex of the church, and those prayer intercessors will intercede on your behalf. Yes, and you know, Brother Marshall, those prayer intercessors, they are not just for addicts, but anyone and everyone who is going through some issue. And you know, we all need prayer. So, you know, take yes. advantage of that opportunity. Go and, you know, let us intercede for each other. Yes. So, you know, of course, we want to encourage you as well to share this link. This is a program we do not want to miss. Share it, fan wide. Use that social media for good. Share it on your WhatsApp story, your Instagram story. Share it all over. Let's get the word out there and help those who are in need. So, Certainly. you know, Brother Marshall, we have, we have spoken quite a lot. Yeah, I find so too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. without further ado, we will now have our prayer focus. Yes. Pleasant day all, and uh, welcome from wherever you are in the world, as we are about to take to the throne of grace, we ask everyone to please bow their heads wherever they are. Our Heavenly Father and great God, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We are so grateful and thankful for you giving us life, just being able to walk or breathe or even view this online session is by the only grace from you. Thank you so much for your loving son, Jesus, who died for us and who died to save us. And we are so grateful, O oh Lord, this afternoon that we are going to talk about something that is definitely challenging to each and every one of us here this afternoon. We ask those who are viewing this at the moment to have an open heart and open mind so that you could speak to them and through them as well. Bless this afternoon's presenters. Bless all those who are definitely tuning in as well. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Talking Point from Trinidad. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be back with you. Great, great. Pedro, what's up? Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Talking Point from Trinidad, live from Trinidad. We're so glad that everybody could join us tonight. Great. Angie, are you there? I am. Hopefully you can hear me. Um, good yes, thank you. Good evening and welcome to Talking Point. Um, to our regular listeners, welcome. And to everybody here in Trinidad, it's great to be back with you again. Great, um, great, great. Michael, where are you at? Are you here? Yeah, I just want to say good evening as well. And once again, I'm honoured to be a part of the team and hope that we can continue to just be together, work together, grow and learn together. Thank you. Amen. And Michael is um, a substance abuse, well, let me let me rephrase that. Michael is a counselor in addiction. Amen. And um, and he's in British Columbia. Are we still in British Columbia today? That's uh, in Canada. And so we're grateful to have him on with us um, for these four weeks of programming. Um, with us, we have a special guest. Um, 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 she's looking really pensive and, and, and probably wondering what this whole thing is about. Um, she's a social media guru. Let me call her that. Um, she uses it a whole lot. I won't, I won't say she's addicted. Um, but um, Joanne, why don't you say hello to the folk? 
Yes, thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Joanna Briggs. It's brilliant to be here. What a great series. Um, yeah, really looking forward to talking about social media with everyone and, you know, hear some of the questions that come out of today um, and hopefully shed some light on what it is and how we can try and control our relationship with social media and the Internet. Great, great, great. So that's the team today. Um, Tara, bless our hearts in song. And then we'll come back and we'll recap on last week. Any highlights we picked up from last week? And then we'll get into the main discussion, um, which is a very interesting discussion um, on social media. And I've got a quiz for some people to find out if you are addicted to social media. Let's roll with it, uh, Tara. And thank you so much for being with us. Draw me close to you Never let me go I lay it all down again Oh, to hear you say that I'm your friend my desire no one else will do no one else can take your place oh to hear the warmth of your embrace find a way to bring me back to you oh oh your role I want Lord your role I live for Bread. 
This is my daily bread. Your very word. for you Lord Hallelujah and I I'm lost without you Lord and no one like you hallelujah and I I'm desperate for you yeah thank you so much Tara indeed we are lost without God amen 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 we want to thank God for that well let's pick up the pace and let's get into talking point here on this. Well, over here in the United Kingdom, it's eight o'clock in the evening. Um, it will be aired at five o'clock um, in, in talking point. And I think it's like three o'clock or so in Trinidad. So it is an unbelievable time zone difference. And I don't know what it is in Canada. I ain't got a clue, Michael, what it is in Canada. Um, what time is it there in Canada, boss? It is now... 20 after 12. In the AM. 20 after 12? Yeah, in, in, in the afternoon. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Okay, so so you 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 run away from church to be a part of the program. <laughs> we appreciate that. We appreciate okay. that. And uh, hopefully, they, hopefully they, they, they won't re realize that you're missing. Amen. Anyway, um, let's get into it. We um, Guys, um, how did you find last week? What were some of the things that stood out for you, Rick? unbelievable testimony from rick um and michael he did give me his number to pass on to you so i'll do that um so you guys can have that conversation and then we had sharon um who talked about her mother's addiction lord have mercy and what it's like living with an addict that was eye-opening that was really eye-opening real life testimonies man you can't beat them you can't beat them so what were you what are you thinking? What 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 was, what was last week's highlights? Anybody jump in when you want to? I think it was really powerful. Um, again, sharing both of their hearing both of their stories. I was really struck by Sharon's actually because you know living with an addict and she did that from a really young age yeah. and you know the influence of that and the impacts of that you know was something that she took as she got older and I guess and for her the fact that she grew up with her grandmother really yeah. made a big difference so when you have good people around you that really can help but yeah. I think also you know the amount the level of resilience that she obviously built up mm -hmm. you know between her and her sister looking after themselves from quite a young age and there's probably a lot of people who probably had no idea that they were going through this and sometimes with addictions it can be really hidden 
And, you know, we don't know what people are going through. And sometimes young children are dealing with such, you know, really big, massive things. So I was really struck by that. And Rick's testimony, you know, and his journey was amazing as well. And you kind of think all the things you've gone through and again, started from a really young age. Mm. You know, but you know praise god he's you know turned his life around and he got the help that he needed he recognized that he and, and i think it's you can't do this by yourself so yeah. you know you do need to have the right type of help to kind Good. of get through Amen. so Zenia, petro michael what's going on what, what do you think about last week just to kind of echo what angela said really um rick's testimony ODing at 15 years old yeah um you know, it just it just goes to show how you can be consumed by addiction. Um, Sharon shared her testimony of her mom, again, consumed by addiction to the point that she was neglecting her kids. Um, it's just a really hard hitting story. And, you know, it goes again to, to telling what difference testimonies can make, you know, hearing that the impact of that. Mm-hmm. And um Angela mentioned it, but I can't say it enough. Support, support, support. That's what came out of of those two stories for me, making sure that you have the right people around you. And um, I learned something last week. Uh, I was adamant that, you know, the best way to approach addiction is just to share how devastating it could be to the individual and let people hear and see, you know, be on the front lines of that and see what it's like. But uh, Rick, uh, Michael, Angela, you know, spoke about making sure that our young people also have an opportunity to have fun and fulfilling lives without, you know, abusing or using uh, drugs and alcohol. And that's also a very important part of it. And I hope that our parents are listening, even our youth groups, our communities, um, they can play a part in that. Mm, Wonderful. Wonderful. Love it. Love it. And I agree with you 100 percent. You know, it's about fun, man. You know, we like our young people are under so much pressure. You know, life is pressurizing. It's not like when I was young, um, yeah. we, we could have fun and, and create our own fun. When nobody else would make fun, we'll just make games up. We'll do all kinds of things. Um, and, and But nowadays, it seems like there's so much pressure. There's depression counselors at six-year-olds in school. Yeah. Um, you know, kids are going through a whole lot. It's no wonder that a lot of them turn to alcohol as young as Rick did, um, you know, on the journey. Um, yeah. Pedro, Michael, what did you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to remind us that addictions, and if we're looking specifically at alcohol and drugs, it's a disease. It's a disease of the brain. The brain actually needs the dopamine. And so it might seem as if um, those who are dependent on substance are neglecting themselves as well as neglecting others. It's not that they want to. They seriously don't want to. They just need that dopamine burst. And when they don't have it, they actually go through pain, physical pain. And yeah. so it's a matter yeah. of um, easing that pain. That's number one. But number two, I'd like to also emphasize that one can start all over again. Yeah. When you lose, you lose so much with addiction, but you yeah. can start all over again. And as Christians, we have God on our side. We can start over with him. We can start over with our support group. We can start over by believing in ourselves that it can be different and it can be better. Yeah. And you know what, Mike, man, I, I hear what you're saying because, 
you know, when you look at Rick and all the addiction he had been through and all of the issues and problems he had, but now he runs a big corporation, 600 employees. You know, he was mayor of the city where he lives. Um, you know, God just has totally turned his life around. And, um, and he, you know, he's at a point now where, you know, to go back is foreign to him because his life has changed so much. And I'm telling you, that is God. Hallelujah. I don't know if they say hallelujah in Trinidad, but that's God to me. Hallelujah. That's God. That's God. That's what we're doing. We are doing God. Thanks for that. Uh, Pedro, what's on your mind? Oh, unfortunately, I missed last week, but I did get to listen. Mm -hmm. I was um, a little under the weather. But um, what I I think more than anything, what I took from both testimonies was um, I'm glad that we've been doing this addiction series because what has got me to realize is that addiction starts from very young. Yeah, we, we, we always think that, you know, maybe it's something that happens as an adult or as a teenager, but everybody that's come on or everything we talked about is everybody started from four, five, seven, you know, from a young age. And that and that just has me like, OK, I need to pay attention to my children, pay attention to just things around them, because um, I think sometimes as parents, we get into a little comfort zone that everything's OK because they're not saying nothing mm -hmm. and they can actually be screaming for help. Yeah. Um, Rick's testimony really hit me hard. I, I really liked his testimony. Um, I like how he talked about his lowest point. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when he was 27, when he was being really rude to the lady and he almost got kicked out and he knew if he got kicked out, that was it. He was going to go right back. He was not going to make it. But God made a way that the lady had a kind heart. So she said, no, no problem. It's OK. Mm -hmm. And like Michael was saying, it's about support. That lady was supportive of him, even in, in the strangest way. She would, even though he was meet her, she was supportive. And it just takes one person yeah. that will allow you to, to help you break that addiction. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, you know, and, and one thing, Pedro, and, and, and I love what you said, um, you know, the turning point for an addict is strange. You know, most of all is looking for it. We're looking for this big testimony, you know, where where God showed up and you got a vision from heaven. You know what I mean? And and you turn your life around. But but situations like Rick's and other people had one guy that was addicted to sexual sin and he was in the shower playing a song. And the words of the song said to him that you can overcome that stuck in his mind. He used to go to church. He went to church and then he heard the same words to the song again. You can overcome. That was his turning point. Real strange. That was his turning point. He turned his life around. The thing that stuck out for me was the other testimony uh, on the video. Um, the guy got shot. You know the guy I'm talking about. He was in the car. He said death was riding with him. And every time he tried to close his eyes in death, death was trying to push his eyes down because he had been shot. Um, but God was keeping them open. Hallelujah. He, had, he got to the hospital. When he got to the hospital, the bullet was stuck in his chest. They couldn't take out the bullet because it probably would kill him. Well, you know what happened. Um, he coughed. And guess what? The bullet came out in his hand. He decided to go and give his life to the Lord. And as he went to church and he started all of that, he slowly relapsed. Why? Because of the pressure of succeeding. There is an expectation in church whereby if we become an addict, you know, and then all of a sudden the addiction is broken and we look like everything is fine. There is pressure placed upon us. People think we're super people all of a sudden. 
and every church wants to hear our testimony. Come on now, everybody wants to get a piece of us. So we go around telling the testimony, da 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 da. But on the inside, we're slowly going backwards because of the pressure of meeting people's expectations. And he went backwards. But the good news of the gospel is, amen, he was able to make a, a good recovery and turn his life around. So we praise God for that. Um, before we move into today's discussion, I had a couple um, um, emails that came in from last week's um, um, discussion. And if you want to email um, us, you can. I'll put the email on the screen at the end so you can get that. Um, but these emails are all about the first week, which was sexual addiction. And uh, I just want to read them out um, so that, you know, anyone that is in the same category um, can apply for help. He says, hope you are well, sir. I saw a video on YouTube um, and he went on to talk about the, the effects of pornography and sexual sin. I'm suffering. If I were to say I'm trapped in a sin, it would make my current situation uh, seem uh, like an un understatement. I have been suffering and held captive by the devil under this sin for approximately five years. I am about to turn 18 and my whole teenage years have been horror. He goes on to say, um, it is more sad then you know it's more sad when you know the truth when you know how wrong you are and when you know how low your chances of making it to heaven uh, are becoming i am a few years uh, sorry i'm uh becoming uh, a few years ago i realized that if i thought I could overcome this by myself. I was fooling myself. Um, it becomes so hard for me to connect to God after masturbating. Um, he goes on to say, I find it hard to get on my knees. Two months ago, I fasted, hallelujah, and prayed for God to deliver me. Um, I haven't masturbated for two months. However, that streak was broken yesterday. And then he goes on to say, around 11 p.m., I entered a porn site. He says, I'm lost. If I continue this, heaven will become just a dream. He ends by saying, please help. Wow. And of course, I sent him information, amen, and tried to get him hooked up with people in the area that he's in. But here's another one. Dear Ray, hope I find you well. I need your help as soon as you can. I am now addicted to porn and masturbation. Seems the truth has no power to correct me. I still continue while I know I am very wrong. I have watched your video, yet... I still need more help. Please help me break these habits. And the final one is this one. Uh, good morning, Pastor Ray. <laughs> Pastor Ray of Hope. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, um, he says his name, and then he goes on to say, I just watched your interview. 
on sexual sin. Uh, I'm in South Africa. I must say that it has brought a wave of hope in me. Hallelujah. I've been struggling with this issue um, since 2015. I still really need help. And those are the three that have come in on sexual addiction. Um, and I sent them information. Um, it's good to know that um, um, the young man here, the one I just read, actually has received hope, amen, from what he's been watching. And we praise God for that. Um, if you have any comments on those, um, before we move into today's subject, feel free to share anything, Zenia, Angela, um, Pedro, Michael, anybody online uh, on Zoom with us uh, who'd like to join in. Is there anything that jumps out just in case there are people just like these that are listening to us? Anything that jumps out? Um, there is hope. There is hope. Amen. There is hope. Amen. There, there is, is hope. hope. That's why we're here. That's why Amen. we have a conversation. Amen. There is hope. Amen. Amen. Okay. And uh, okay. it's also an indication that they they've reflected, they recognize themselves and they're taking the fact that they've reached out, they're yeah. taking that first step, which is again, they believe that there is hope. So and I like that, Angela. I think that's important. Um, you know, the first step to breaking any addiction is to admit, and then you've got to want to. And I think that once they 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 sent the email, Michael, that was the beginning of the journey. Um, and, and it's sad because, you know, we can't physically get to where they're at, but hoping that the links that we've given them, the people, um, information, I'll give them a copy of my book taken by porn, um, to see if that will help them through the process as well. But that's all we can do from here. The wanting to and the admitting is, is, yeah. is, is up to them. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. So just a couple of practical things that I, that comes to my mind. And one is one's focus. Mm -hmm. If you're mm -hmm. focusing on the act, it's really difficult to, to break it because scripture tells us by beholding, we become changed. Yeah. So yeah. focus on the positive, focus on the life that one wants to live, focus on, um, we talk about higher power or we talk about you know God, church, focus on the help that you can receive. Number one, the focus is important. Take the focus off the activity and focus on to where you want to be. Number mm. two, I'm saying educate oneself. What really is pornography? What is its meaning? What is it symbolizing? What does it do? I mean, and when you think about it, one, it's a very selfish act because you're only into your own self-gratification. Number two, it's dehumanizing of the female image. Yeah. And, and when we recognize what it really is, then we can actually make a conscious choice and take actions in order to ensure that the choice we make is one that lifts us up and not dehumanize anyone else. Mm, wonderful, wonderful. Boy, I tell you, Mike, when I grow up, I'm going to be like you, man. I'm going to be just like you. Wonderful answer. I tell you, man. Anybody else want to comment before I move on? Um, I do want to say uh, Abigail and her team, uh, when we get emails like this, it shows that the reason why we run the programs is actually working. People are willing to engage and willing to ask for help. And that's why we do what we do. And so um, God bless you guys as you continue to try to assist and to help and to do ministry in this way. Amen. Amen. And amen. Well, let's get deeper, 
social media. I'm out of tune. I know. Don't don't laugh at me. Um, don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me. But uh, you know, when we were looking at this, I actually started laughing because I took a quiz, and I want to run it by you guys um, after we give the definition. I took a quiz because I wanted to help young people with social media addiction. I'm not going to tell you what I scored on the quiz. All I'm saying, I just felt like I should have signed up for rehab after taking the quiz. Um, and so I'm probably not the best person to speak about this subject. But nevertheless, um, maybe by speaking about it and researching on it, guess what? I can be, I can get the help that one needs. Amen. Um, so let's go with a working definition. Joanne, can I pick on you? What is social media addiction? Talk to me. Great question. And I think it, it has so many different definitions depending on your age, I think. Um, but social media addiction is basically not being able to peel yourself away from social media outlets. Um, mm. So we're talking about Instagram, TikTok, um, LinkedIn could be perceived as one. Um, and not many people know that because it's more about professional growth. Mm. Um, what else? Snapchat. And, you know, there's loads of others that I'm not even on. Let me pick on Michael. Michael, is, is social media addiction any different to any other addiction? It produces the same kind of pleasure factor. And that's what it's all about. Um, so the dopamine to the brain, it, it really is there. And also, in addition to that pleasure factor, it's the dream. We're trying to dream and we're living our lives through all of these other areas that we're looking at in terms of social media. So it is, but it's, there is an addition to it as well. Okay. Um, Zenia or Angela, help me on this one. When we're on social media, are we liars? I wouldn't necessarily say you're liars, but I think you present a version of the truth, which I guess, depending on the scale, I suppose if you had, if there was some kind of sliding scale as to what it reflects of you, mm -hmm. then that could be very variable. Um, but I think on social, most people on social media present a version of themselves that they want to present to the world or whoever on that platform. Mm. Um, are they, is it truthful? Is it lying? Uh, I guess it's questionable. Listen, listen, listen. If, 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 if it's not the truth, then I guess you are lying. But hold on, hold on. If I put filters on, if I put filters on, okay, and all of a sudden I look like I'm 21 when I'm really 59, okay, and I put filters on and I got, you know, smooth skin and I got hair, amen, and I got all that kind of stuff, and, and I post that. Isn't that a lie? Yeah. Yes, I'd say so. Respect, yes, it would be. Okay. But not everybody's yeah. doing that, I guess. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not doing it either. I'm just saying. It's <laughs> a highlight reel, isn't it? There, there, there are some people <laughs> that, that go. Pe Pedro, what are you thinking, man? Talk to me. Is it a lie, Pedro? That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think sometimes, I think what social media also has done has given people a false sense of reality. Because they look at it and they think that people are happy, but they're actually not happy. They're sad. They're not really. It's just. It's just. It's just. As Michael said, it's just. Is really mess. Is messing with our minds because it gives you just that wrong sense of what's really going on, 
mm. in the world. And and it just makes you think, oh, if I do this, I could get what they got. Or if I do this, I could get what that person it is. It's kind of taking over like back in the day music videos where people sell music videos and they'll be like, yo, if I do if I do this and I do that in the music, like that music video, I can make all this money. I could, you know, like the social influence is just. It's all a lie. I just I just think social media and, and every aspect is a complete lie. Oh, every Lord, you said every aspect. OK, hold on a second. Joanne, you are social media. Hello. No, yes, no. I was oh, just okay, yeah. No, hold on, hold on, Pedro. Hold on, Hold on, Pedro. Go ahead. You said in every aspect. Joanne, you're a liar, Pedro says. <laughs> I know. How did you say that? And so sorry, my internet's playing out. So if it cuts again, I will jump back in. Okay. Um, but you know, I do understand the idea of social media being that kind of highlight reel. I think I heard someone say that of your life. And mm. I think it it's really hard to toe that line between what's truth and what's fake. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of sink and, and I guess lose themselves in some sense. Mm-hmm. I think everyone to an extent tries to put their best foot forward. So when we're going for an interview, for example, you're trying to say the right things, you're presenting yourself in the best way that you can. Um, you may say that, you know, you are super punctual all the time, but we know that sometimes coming to church, you want to just come for divine. And so when th- people are, you know, looking at those examples, is it right to then say that's an absolute lie? Probably not. But is it to say that, yes, like, you know, you are trying to put your best foot forward. And I think that's what people do on social media. However, when we're dealing with impressionable young people, myself included, it can become a tumbleweed effect of problems because, you know, you start with the filter, but then it's true. You can end up looking completely different to yourself or the way that your friends and family know you as. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it is difficult, but it is something that you have to be quite conscious of when you are on those platforms. And I do think it takes a level of self-awareness and perception as to why you are on those platforms and what you're trying to get out of it. Rather than, I guess, the platforms using you, you also want to kind of try and find ways of using the platforms to your own good and distance yourself uh, you know, in a way that's um, healthier. Mm. Um, Zenia, you, you, I cut you off um, while I was trying to beat up on Pedro. Um, it, it, were you going to say something? I was going to say something similar. It's, it's it's really a highlight reel, isn't it? It's it's the best of your life, and it's not always the truth of your life. And as we've seen in the video that you'll you'll present, it could be a downright lie. Lying in bed, and you're saying, you know, you're on a plane jetting to. <laughs> Hawaii <laughs> and who's to tell listen, what's the truth because listen, that's, gotta, that's the narrative you're presenting and again I'm, I'm, Michael mentioned it. it it starts that that um competition the competitiveness the 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 you know trying to make sure that you can be the best you're competing with the Joneses and unfortunately Joneses are in your pocket I like that. I like that. Some people gonna miss that one, but I like that. I like that. All right. Um, let's show the first video video. Um, it's called the percentage of life. And if we can roll it, um, see the Xenia's told us all about it. Spoiler, um, roll it so that we can roll. Hold on, let me just say this for those listening by radio to this, you wouldn't have had the chance of obviously to hear the video, see the video, because it was a silent video, but it was a, a young man that really um lived his whole day just taking pictures posting it on 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 um where was it snapchat or whatever it was whatever uh, and, and he basically was talking uh, implying that he was doing these things and a lot of them he wasn't doing 
um, until his battery ran out just when he needed it. Hence the reason the video is called The Percentage of Life. I think it does depict a very true story of, you know, when you're seeing other people's lives, it does make you want to kind of keep up and be perceived like you are living a life that is really desirable. Um, in his case, he was definitely falling short and um, falling into the hands of what social media um, companies want you to do. They want you to use their platform to try and show the best version of yourself or your life or what it could be so that you have to try and like maintain that um, I do think though this video was very particular in kind of I guess saturating what social media can be um, I think especially when I think about myself and other people that I know who use it um, it's not necessarily that intense all the time but I do think you know there have been times where you know you go out to a coffee store or something and you know you take a picture of that and have a nice caption because <laughs> that is what you do on these platforms typically um, but yeah really interesting video it'd be great to hear what other people think about it Okay, great. Let's get into it, man. And if you're on the platform on Zoom and you want to comment on anything that stuck out for you in this particular video, uh, please raise a hand um, or you can file your questions directly to the host or you can place it in the chat. So, um, Pedro, uh, Xenia, Angela, Michael, what's on your mind? What a video. I'm thinking, uh, Ray, something that we can all relate to ourselves and ask ourselves, do I do that? The first thing he did in the morning when he got up, went for his phone, went yeah. onto the platform. And for us, we can relate. Do I do that? What is that saying? Should that be where I go first and foremost? Yeah. Uh, and so I thought that was really a, a, a significant and important action on his part. Yeah, I, I think you're right. The first thing in the morning, man, you grab your phone. I'm not saying I'm guilty, but anyway, let's move on. And actually, just on that point um, that Michael's just said, there are studies that also show that when you start your day without looking at your phone, your productivity levels kind of shoot up to the sky. So it, there's definitely things to be said about how you start your day and what you prioritize at the very start after you've slept, you know, eight hours or so. Um, and what that kind of looks like over a period of time. And then if you multiply that day by weeks and months and years, that's really where then we see the results of your daily habits. Um, so yeah, I absolutely agree with that point, Michael. Okay. I was kind of, was kind of left think wondering, I wonder why he's posting because he's obviously a student and he's studying and part of that conversation that day was about an exam. It struck me that he probably was struggling with that exam. He didn't sound too confident. Um, so maybe he wasn't going to do so well. Maybe he's not been studying, but by posting, he's actually presenting, you know, a kind of version of himself that's doing really well. You know, he's sort of going out for a morning run. And I find it quite interesting. I mean, this could just be the video, but he so wasn't in workout clothes at all. So when he went, supposedly doing a morning run and went back to bed, he's in the gym. You know, he's making a smoothie, which he clearly did not like and went for something else. So maybe it's showing that he's being successful at something, but maybe actually it could be hiding lots of other things. Things aren't going so well, possibly with his studies or what have you. I mean, I'm, I'm speculating here, but it made me wonder, I wonder what the purpose is for you to be posting on social media and utilizing all of that. But, and I also then thought, you know, you spend a lot of time. It's not even what you do. It's the influence of other people. 
So his friends were sending videos, their constant connections. And I was kind of struck by, we have so much technology to connect with people, yet you're not really connecting in a really productive way. Like he was going to see his friend at the exam. And part of me just thought, why have you not met up for a coffee to talk about how you're doing with the exam in person, but it's all virtual. So yeah, just a couple of thoughts on that. Okay, uh, Zenia, Mike, I mean, uh, what, what, what's going through your mind? Um, it's the sense of perfection. Again, what we want to portray. It's, it's the story that we're telling, the virtual story that we're telling. And in this particular video, it is mostly, if not all lies, but no one's going to know. He's posted his shoes. Mm. I wonder if anyone dug any deeper. Why just shoes, mate? You know, what's the view like? You know, how how many minutes? Where are you? You know, <laughs> he's, he's posting that he's at the gym. There's one phone in it. one hand, got the phone. The other one's, I mean, it's, it's him putting out a narrative, uh, a story of him. And like Angela said, what's that about? What? Why is he presenting himself like that when he's obviously missing the mark and who is he trying to influence who is he trying to impress uh, again we go back to the competition and 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 the the comparisons that social media brings upon our, our young people and that's the pressure that they face day in and day out there are two things two things that that come to mind with this this thing is there anything wrong with what he did okay that's one and secondly what is the uh, okay, he, he's, he's portraying this image that's not happening. Is that insecurity? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I, I'm going to go back to Eden. Okay. The devil, the devil says, the serpent says to Eve, you know, you will be like this if you do this. Deception. Yeah. And so deceiving, we cannot take away the fact that on social media, we are able to create anything we like, but it can be a deception. Mm. And therein lies the root of um, social media being not only a tool to deceive, but a tool to become addicted to, because you can create anything and you get caught up in that. Mm. But it's not even just deceiving, you're deceiving others, but you're deceiving yourself. Yeah. Yeah. that's important there yeah self-deception is clear on social media that's it it is clear and you know what we actually begin to live our lives as if we have the things that we're posting on social media you know people have done it so long that they have to keep up the image until they keep on going and going and going they gotta post today they gotta post by five they gotta post by six they got a time when it must be on because people are looking i mean it is like a non-stop and they go and when they got no content they they go and find content and make content and um and all of those kinds of things so so is it security insecurity sorry i think it possibly could be um because again you know if it's masking other things that are going on possibly then maybe but i guess it goes back to the purpose of why you're using social media what are you trying to achieve what are you trying to attract because i was going to say on the flip side of that as much as we often see on social media people presenting the really positive side of life as it were you also see a lot of people posting things when they aren't going so great 
um, or they're having real problems. And I then think to myself, why are you sharing that? Is it because you're trying to keep things real and show that things aren't actually as they always seem? But is that the right place then to be sharing that? Because again, you're wanting to get some kind of response and some kind of reaction from people. Is that the right thing to be doing as well? So it's kind of almost in reverse because you're showing that things aren't so great. I've seen people, you know, they're crying or they're sharing what's been happening to them. And you're like, is that oversharing? Is that too much? Yeah. It's maybe presenting what's real, but I wonder why. And is that where you should get your kind of validation or your help from or what have you? So mm. it's almost like two sides of the coin, really. So so other than yeah. the lying thing, is it is it OK? I mean, is it just fun they're having? Something wrong with having fun like that? Can I jump in here? Because um, there are some really um, interesting points that have come out. But I think what's also really important is that to, to remember that perception is currency now. And when looking at social media, there is a lot of money to be made, especially for content creators. So when we're thinking about the reason as to why people would post, you know, them going to the gym or them... Uh, I don't know, like drinking a smoothie or even crying and showing that emotion is because there's been so many studies and um, like proof shown that certain videos do specifically well and therefore money can be made off of that. And I think a lot of people when, for example, if I was to post um, that I'm starting a diet now and I'm going on a fitness journey, what I may have in the back of my mind is, well, I want certain brands to see that I'm doing this. I want to show the results and be able to show that I can get really high engagement and then hopefully get some kind of brand deal or some kind of, you know, free clothing or products or whatever that they'll be able to sponsor me and I can continue on that journey. I think, you know, it's really important to remember that on social media, there is a lot of money to be made and a lot of people are quite aware of that. And especially younger people coming up, they're being able to see, well, actually, if I was able to jump on social media today, do a really good video and gain 10K followers overnight, that can be really transformative. Um, and so, you know, I do think once again, it's it's important that people are aware that they should have a plan when it comes to social media and not just allow the platforms to use you, but actually have a an idea of what you want to use the platforms for. I know personally for me, so I use um, social media a lot for my business, um, but I'm also aware that there's some times where I can get really wrapped up in, um, you know, how well videos are doing, how that can be perceived, how I am coming across. And that's when I realize, okay, I need a social media break or I need to stop posting so that I get, gain perspective again on what's actually important to me. Um, but once again, that comes down to self-awareness and not a lot of people take enough time to think about how they're delivering or presenting and how it's actually affecting them. And um, once again, goes back to people actually, um, I guess, admitting that their environment does have an effect on them and their self-perception. But, you know, it does take time, but it's a huge money making thing, which is why so many people try and um, leverage whatever they're going through to then try and create videos that can um, bring in monetary value. Mm. Uh, but, uh, Joanna, I, I, I have a problem with that. Yes, go on. I've got a problem with that. And the problem I have with that is I understand the money thing, but surely yeah. you don't have to lie. It's true. You don't have to lie. And you're absolutely right. People who lie on social media often get caught out because they can't sustain it. It's not it's not a sustainable model ever. Um, but I do think there is a level of trying to put your best foot 
forward and try and present yourself in the best way you know most of the time depending on what platform I'm doing that on I may put on makeup even if like I'm not actually going out however there's other platforms which you don't necessarily have to do that because they've created a platform where they want to see you a bit more natural and those kind of videos do better so it's kind of trying to play the game more than seeing it as lying or not however there are people who do like we saw in the video we'll say they're going out for these jogs and they're absolutely not but I do always think that time catches up to you so you have to enter business or, or using these platforms with a level of integrity knowing that what you put out there is a reflection of you and your values and you know you want to be self-aware and try and adhere to that um but yeah in no case is lying good but it is trying to kind of play the game and do the dance in a way that's effective for your goals um and aspirations nine years old is the average age of people getting involved in social media nine wow um, uh, we come back again, Mike, to this situation where it seems like under 10 seems to be the beginning of some kind of addiction. So nine, most of these platforms, you have to be 18 to sign up. And um, however, at the age of nine, you can get on board. There's no way, Joanna, you can tell me at the age of nine, this is a business model. Um, and yep. they're, trying to, they're trying to get branded. Well, maybe they are. I'm not telling a lie. I, I know some people that have tried it at that young age. But, but but still, at the age of nine and Snapchat um, and, and, and you're reaching for that smartphone early in the morning or the tablet or the laptop and, and you're posting things from the time you get up to the time you go to sleep. Talk to me, guys. Surely nine is too young. It is. I absolutely agree. Sorry, Zenya. No, I was just saying that. It, it is. And again, we, we call on our parents to, you know, to pay attention. Uh, Pedro said it earlier, you know, don't wait, <laughs> don't wait. It's not the 16 year old or the 20 year old or the 27 year old. Uh, start early, start paying attention to our kids early and what they're doing and what they're doing on their gadgets and whether or not they need gadgets. Surely, mm. I mean, a phone that can just call and dial out and dial in um, message is enough for a certain age or, or make sure that they're using these gadgets in the house or with you or around you, you know, just pay attention, pay attention. And Pastor Ray, you, I, I want to just pedal back a little bit because um, you asked, is, is this insecurity? And, and I thought, well, is it social media that is the issue then? Mm -hmm. I mean, are, are we blaming the television for bad programming? Yeah, yeah, you know, like what that. are we doing here? Is it, is it the like use of or the yeah. users um, as opposed to social media itself? And, that, and I think that's something that we... That's a good point. That's a good point. So the cause is different from the effect, and we tend to be talking about the effect. Okay, uh, Angie and, and Bedro, what's on your mind? Well, just following on for what Zenia was just saying, a lot of these social media platforms they're designed to be addictive. If we can, you know, in terms of how often you will spend on it, whether it's a game or is something like you know TikTok, for instance, where people are creating, but you spend a lot of time looking for things. So you know. The constant need for information, the constant need to get likes, the constant need to be watching something, it's created to be addictive. So that's from the, you know, the, the makers of those platforms. That's mm. their kind of starting point. Unless you're able to regulate now at whatever age that is, as then you said, parents with your children, um, right up to whoever, it's how you can, it's how you can possibly balance all of that. Yeah. As much as we're talking about the dangers of social media, social media can be really helpful, really useful. Um, but again, 
it's how how can you toe the line how can you get that balance and as studies have shown we're often not and I think you know unfortunately influencers as they're called on social media are influencers for a reason and they are influencers from babies right up to much older people so and as Joanna says they're making money people see that and they think okay can I emulate that so you know it's I guess it's a mixture of the two but at the end of the day you know they're designed very clever to make you want more and that's probably that's the sign of society and the consumerism and everything else that goes along with that okay anyone else want to comment on it I'm sorry I I want to just piggyback on what Angela said about the regulation the regulating um I think Zenia said it or um Joanne with the age oh you actually said that pastor um by age nine and the, they're getting on at a young age i think the for me personally having young kids is more about the maturity you have i have to see when they are mature enough physically and mentally able to comprehend certain things because if i full case i let my daughter get on um snapchat because she used to like to do the 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 face you know change her face and everything but then it turns into where it was her other friends on Snapchat, her age, but they're they're not being they're not being regulated or watched by their parents the way I am. Then it becomes into bullying. It comes into other things and them and chats. I don't know if people realize, but Snapchat has like chats and you can have like 10, 20 different chats that you're a part of. So I think as as parents, we have to just realize for me personally, I think we should be more of the fact of are they mature enough to understand what they're doing and what they're getting into more as of, of their age. Cause even at 12 or 13, if my daughter's not mature enough to, 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 to do it, or even at 16, I will still have an issue with her being on Snapchat because yeah, they have to be mentally, we have to um, get our children to be mentally strong nowadays, because as you said, when I grew up, it was different. Today's world is a totally different beast. It's so different. Social media and everything. And it's just like, it's scary. It's really, really scary. The things that are out there, stuff that we can't even comprehend sometimes that's out there. Yeah, I I would add to that. I I, I would add to that. Um, Children are growing up. Let's put it this way. Children are growing up earlier nowadays. They're more exposed to so many things. And in terms of early childhood development, whilst I'm not an expert in that area, it's clear that when they're young, they are wanting to learn. They're they're exploring. It's adventure. And so media, the social media is a part of our life today. They're going to be exploring that. Their friends are going to be introducing them to things or asking them questions. They won't want to be left out or left behind. So Pedro is quite right. This is where parents really have to be involved in the life of that child in order to help them to balance and make good choices. Yeah, Uh, well said, Mike. Um, Joanna, I know you've got to go. Um, If you can stick around for a little. Yes, I can. I can stay for a few more minutes. Pastor's gonna message me when 
when I switch over. Um, but great points there. And, and I do think there is something to be said about age, maturity and social media, um, particularly around the owners of these social media platforms. Many have said in interviews that they don't actually allow their children to use the very platforms that they try and push to everyone else. And I think that's telling in itself. You know, Angela was speaking about the design of social media. It is made to keep you going. It is made to keep you on that rat race almost um and so it is for us as as people parents and, and friends and whatnot to try and help support young people especially children when it comes to social media to try and limit that and allow them to see the world rather than seeing the world through a screen yeah i like that i i like that i like that uh let me also say that as i looked at this video one thing that got me was this guy had spent the whole day on his gadget. And like most young people that I know, his battery is going down. And his battery is coming to an end. And it normally ends right at the point when you need it. Are you hearing me? That was no longer a want. But because of the addiction to the thing, he couldn't even uh, balance his, his time on the device just had to keep on going and keep on going and even though he he sees the battery in the red he's still got to keep on snapping and, and chatting and everything else still got to keep on going and i think that's probably telling about whether something is an addiction because now he's in the middle of nowhere he doesn't know where to turn it's interesting he's arrived according to the the narrator is he's arrived at the crossroads and it says turn left i thought it was very significant um as he's at a crossroads and he don't know he doesn't know which way to go the percentage of life being on social media and we're talking about the percentage of life it's one thing to look at your battery and see how it's going down but maybe we should look at our lives and see is this behavior is this situation taking us up or is it taking us down any other comments before I move on uh, on, on, on this, the video we just saw? Okay, if there isn't, then I'd like to, um, those who are in church, those who are uh, on the platform, I'd like to go through my little quiz. Can we do that? And see where we are, okay? Are we addicted? Are we hooked? Or is it just a habit? Or maybe we have got it under control. Okay, so the first one is, do you feel unsettled when there is no access to the internet? Okay, that's number one. Number two, do you check social media first thing in the morning and last thing at night? That is number two. Okay, keep a score. Tell me how you're doing. Okay, number three, do you feel stress when the smartphone isn't at hand? When you don't have your phone, maybe you forgot it, maybe you left it somewhere, or maybe you just can't use it at the time. Do you feel stressed? Number four, do you use social media while walking? Uh-huh. And I suppose the obvious one after that is, do you use social media while driving? Okay. 
<laughs> Do you feel bad when not getting likes, retweets, or views? How do you feel when the picture that you took so stunningly with all the filters you got doesn't get any real likes? Okay, a couple more. Actually, it's about four more. Do you prefer to communicate with friends and family through social media rather than face-to-face? -face? You know, let me just stick a pin here. I know people who live in the same house and they send messages to their children and everything else. Um, um, Zenia, was that a confession? Um, they send messages to their children and everybody else in the same house, and they don't even have a conversation with them for the whole day, just saying as I move forward. Amen. The next one. Do you feel the need to share everyday things all the time? Do you need, feel the need to share all the time? You know, even when you really don't need to? The next one. Do you think that everyone else's life is better than yours, depending on what you see on social media. Do you think other people's lives are better than yours based upon what you've seen in social media? And the final one is, do you check on social media everywhere you go? In other words, in church, in the classrooms you could, do you check everywhere you go? Now, they say if you are using, if, sorry, if you have answered yes to at least four of these, then, brethren, you need help. Um, uh, should I ask you guys what you got? Was anyone four? Care? You got four? You're saying you have to answer yes to four to be in need of yep. help? Yep. Not, not 90%? Nope. Okay. 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 Why, why are you, you, you try, you're, trying to, you're trying to wiggle out of your situation. And and also, it depends on the four you get. Oh, boy. So, in other words, if, if you do it while driving, then you really need help. Yeah. Yeah. And that's dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is that is dangerous. Stress related, which I think was number three. Um, when the internet goes down and people become erratic and mad and irrational because they just can't get on. You know, it's like cocaine, Mike. They just can't get it. And they get withdrawal symptoms and it's driving them crazy. And they go into McDonald's or they try to, you know, run around and, and, and plant themselves somewhere so they can get some signal. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know what some of the, the people in Trinidad got. Um, did they, you know, if you care to expose yourself. Um, let us know. Let us know in the chat if anybody got four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. If someone really needs prayer and Bible study, let us know. Um, we'll be happy to deal with that. Um, I want to show the next video and then we'll discuss it and then we'll be out of your way. This is indeed a video that tackles um, the addiction to social media. The BBC put it out. It is real. My name is Ricky Schlott, and I was 11 years old when I joined Instagram. I was constantly checking, and I would say that probably over the span of a day, it was three, four hours that I poured into these apps. It really became this constant bombardment of the highlight reel of everyone else's life. 
It used to be back in the day, you'd see a magazine and you'd say, oh, she's so beautiful, but now this magazine is following you around and it's in your pocket. I was looking and scrolling through and seeing these idealized versions of other people, and that was detrimental to my own self-worth and confidence. My sense of self was developing in this kind of bizarre duality between Instagram Ricky and real life Ricky. Looking back, I'm missing a lot of photos of just being a kid and just being authentic and real. When I was younger, I didn't really care as much about what people thought of me and my Instagram account, but now I feel like um, that kind of affects me a little bit more. When you're like feeling at your worst, and then you go on Instagram and you see models, influencers, celebrities, things like that, and you're just like, oh, well, I'll never be like that. Social media can exploit the parts of our brain that get us to connect with other humans. Our brains get us to make those human connections by releasing dopamine in the reward pathway, which is the feel-good neurotransmitter. And um, what happens with certain types of social media apps is that they release so much dopamine in the reward pathway uh, that uh, they essentially become the equivalent of an addictive drug. I really relied on having that constant access to my account as a sort of fail-safe for when I was feeling particularly low about myself so that I could have people bring me back up again. Other people's judgments become very, very salient for the adolescent brain and that makes adolescents more vulnerable to the uh, reinforcing um, and addictive potential of social media. The more I've reflected on it, the more I realize that social media is designed to be addicting. And it gets better at addicting people every day. The company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer, but won't make the necessary changes because they have put their astronomical profits before people. when any team has a bad experience on Instagram. But I want to be clear that that is not what these stolen documents say. Here's another survey. Pew Research found in late 2018, 26% said the sites make them feel worse about their own life. There are plenty of other surveys we could point to. A quarter of children that are on this site say it makes them feel worse. And again, anytime a single teen is having a bad experience, that's too much. That's why we ask these questions. One thing that shows that we are prioritizing safety above profit is the very fact that we're asking these hard questions. Mm. Control means you're using much more than you plan to use. Compulsion means that there's a level of automaticity. You, you find yourself picking it up without even thinking about doing it. And then consequences, it's interfering with things like sleep, um, exercise. 
When I decided to pull back from it, it was it was a moment of clarity and I, I still use them maybe less than an hour a day because I do think that they're they're part of the language of being a Gen Zer. You can't connect with people without some degree of online presence. We really need to take this moment to say our childhoods were stolen, but we're now young adults and reclaiming that and not allowing that to become a habit that continues into adulthood is enormously important for our well-being. We saw anxiety, we saw fear, we saw all of those things that heightened because of um, social media. Um, one of the things, uh, and Joanna, I want you to comment on this, that I thought was interesting as we looked at that. You know, the 14-year-old uh, girl was saying she, when she was younger, she would look at, um, she would post, she wouldn't worry about how she looked on social media. Hold on, she's 14. How much younger was she when she started this thing? I don't know. Maybe I'm just a dad exaggerating the point. But um, and that was one. The second thing I I, I wanted to 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 also, and we'll we'll deal with these. Uh, Mike, maybe you can speak to the three C's: compulsion, control, and consequence. Because I think they were excellent points that were made. So, Joanna, what do you think about the age of these young people? The young lady said that she missed out on her childhood because she was trying her best to be a social media model kind of person. Right, talk to me. Yeah, it's it's really. It, it, it's really dangerous, especially starting so young. Um, and actually some of the clips that was in this video um, was from a documentary, which is actually on Netflix called the, I think it's the social network. Um, I would really recommend everyone watching that because it just goes into the fabric of generating a social media platform and how much money and time and effort they go into making their platforms addictive. Uh, it's, it's such a shame when you hear about young children actually getting into it at such such young age and allowing it to um, infiltrate, I guess, the fabric of who they are. Um, and unfortunately, it's not their fault because they are like sponges. When you're a child, you absorb everything that comes your way. And that's when adults and parents and friends and family come into play in, in kind of limiting that and stopping them from, I guess, going down that hole. Uh, you know, it was said in that video, of that comparison piece when thinking about social media, especially about how you look and how you're presenting and how people perceive you. And from a really young age, especially when you start out in social media, it becomes really obvious that, it, like I was saying, perception is currency and how people perceive you um, does play such a big part in how you start perceiving yourself and how you want to start presenting yourself to get the results that you think um, would be the best for you, will give you the best life, um, especially when looking at role models which aren't necessarily doing a good job um, because they're just trying to get money in the bank rather than actually support people who look up to them. Um, yeah, it is really dangerous. And I do think that there should be more to be done around capping um, that age limit or or at least just being able to spot when um, your URL, sorry, being used for maybe like underage children uh, when setting up these accounts, because it's just it's, it's too easy to set up an account, for example, on Instagram. All you have to do is choose an age which says that you're 18 or above. There has to be more kind of ratification around that um, because, yeah, it is designed to, to create and I think also play on our insecurities already. Sometimes I don't think the social media platforms create the insecurity, but I think they amplify it 
because they're you know we already have insecurities all the time but you know they try and um kind of exacerbate that and make it bigger Mm. let's see a question here or comment right before michael comes in with the the three c's is there anybody else um that wants to comment on on any part of the video that we saw just to follow on what joanna was saying in terms of social media we just create that idea of fomo the fear of missing out because often you kind of think oh i see that and i think oh i want to see more so you know you may see an invitation to something or you see an image and think oh that looks great so you always are wanting more what i did find interesting actually was towards the end where the young lady was talking about you know how they're connecting with people and you know doing things virtually is a kind of a way of life but it's quite interesting that those connections are not real, real connections. And so many of them will struggle to do that in person. Um, you know, we talk about, especially over the last couple of years with obviously COVID, the lockdowns, everything else, we have the technology to connect with so many more people. Yet one of the biggest problems that have come out of that is loneliness, yeah. which almost seems like a complete contradiction. And I kind of just think, you know, more and more young people are living that way and then not struggling to connect with people face-to-face, in person, um, and can't get that balance right at all. So that kind of struck me, sort of thinking that's their way of life, but, you know, it's causing so many problems which they possibly don't necessarily recognise. Sure, sure. Anybody else? In the first series, the first one we said, we talked about what addiction was. And if you remember, I said addiction is a three-legged stool. Yeah. The first thing about addiction is one constantly thinks about the substance. One constantly thinks about the behavior, whatever it is, it's always going on in the mind. That's the compulsion, the desire to be a part of this um, social media, to use the, 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 apparate, the app and so forth. That's the compulsion. Then I said the second thing was the individual begins to um, think about it daily, but begins to use it on a daily basis, on a regular basis. That's the control, that's the loss of control. You can't do without it, all right? And the third leg of the addiction is that it begins to impact your life. In other words, it begins to um, interfere with your life. So I, I use the example of you may get in late for work or you may call to say you can't make it today you find that you can't pay your, your, your bills, your rent, your mortgage. And this is exactly the consequences, the impact that it has on the lifestyle of the individual, whereby once they were open and honest, now they are faking it. All right. It begins to impact their life. Yeah. And, and so the first video comes into play there. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that, Mike, because whether we like it or not, man, we lose control. We, we lose control. Um, and 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 it takes over our life. You know, we we took away phones from students in school because even though the phone was confiscated for them being caught using it, uh, somehow they would magically come up with another phone. Mm-hmm. And and so we decided to take away phones. Well, they went so far, guys, as to get a dummy phone that they would hand in. And then the real phone put in their underwear so you can't find it. Uh, Of course, some of them, they weren't clever because you can even hear the vibration as they sit on the chair. But nevertheless, 
That is the extent that these kids will go through to get that phone and to keep on using it. Some will even lie to parents, friends, family, disrespect God in order to continue to lose the phone, use the phone. And so the control element where, and this is where dependency comes in. You are dependent upon that phone. Um, whether it's fake dependency, to you, it's real. Mm-hmm. And if the parent takes it away, guaranteed there'll be war, not in heaven, but in that house, in that house. And then, of course, you know, um, I don't know about you guys, but the compulsion is very compulsive. The behavior is extremely out of hand. Um, and again, it's a wanting, you know, that we must have it. We must do it. We must use it. There's a dependency involved and it's absolute. I just think it's, it's, it's like, like someone told me today, I actually think that the enemy knows exactly what he's doing. Um, and this is one of the angles that our young people are so involved in that they would sell their soul for a piece of internet. Um, anybody else? What are you talking? What are you thinking? I have to smile because I, I think that we survived COVID much better than we would have. Um, loss of internet or not having our devices or, <laughs> and I mean, it does speak to the value of, because we were able to stay connected and we were able to do so many things, um, though we weren't able to connect physically. But mm-hmm. I think if if we really wanted to, to impact our young people, um, taking away the internet, taking away the phone, uh, they would struggle with that. Um, so terribly, uh, and not even just the young people, admittedly myself, you know, I, I don't go anywhere without it. And I can't imagine how we lived without it, honestly, <laughs> but I, I like this program and what you've shared Pastor Ray, because it's, it's got me thinking. And I believe that's the purpose of this. Just think a bit more, be a bit more conscious of what we're doing. And I came across something the other day. It says, um, if you live by people's compliments, you'll die by their criticism. And it, it's, it's the fact that we get our self-worth from these likes and these shares and these retweets and these views. Um, you know, we ought to get our self-worth from God and knowing that God loves us mm-hmm. and he loves us with an, an, an unconditional love. Yeah. And that's where our self-worth lies, irrespective yeah. of who likes us, who, who, who shares, who tweets, who connects. Um, we're connected to God. Amen. 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 Um, let's open up the floor for questions. Um, I don't know if our host and hostess can hear me. Um, what's on your mind? Is there anybody out there with some questions that we we'll need to talk about or you'd like to talk about? Or were we that thorough that you probably were like, man, this is good information. I don't need to know anymore. And I got no questions. Um, is the host and hostess around? Uh, so we have a couple of questions from in-house. So our first question, what should I do when I have tried to reduce my social media usage, but I have not been successful? Mm-hmm. What do I do? I like that. I like that. Do you want me to answer it directly? I can give you some um, pointers real quick. Um, uh, first of all, set a 15 set a, a time limit uh, maybe 15 minutes between each time you check your phone a minimum of 15 minutes so you're on it for a few minutes you check it and then don't go right back or don't have it scrolling or don't 
make some time, set some time so that you have, you can do other tasks and your mind is not just focused on the screen. The next thing, uh -huh. do without your mobile or your tablet at key times of the day. So um, breakfast, lunch, dinner is the obvious ones, but maybe decide that you're not going to take it into a certain space or when you're meeting with friends to catch up or that kind of stuff. The next one, <laughs> switch off automatic notifications that will tell you when someone has sent you a message. Hello. Um, because many of us, we say that we want to, uh, when the ping comes and we hear it or we feel the vibration, we want to respond. So guess what? Switch off the notifications on your phone and only respond when you need or you feel the need to respond. Put your mobile on silent and don't even use it uh -huh, as a watch or an alarm. Ah, interesting. We have a watch, but yet we look at our phones. We have a watch. I got an Apple watch that alarms but I'll use the alarm on my phone. So to avoid all of that, switch off the alarm. Uh, if you have to get a regular clock to put on your wall in your bedroom or in the living room, then that's probably what you need to be doing. Uh, I've got a couple more. This one says, set a minimum time each day for completely turning off your device and do some reading, in a book, do some listening to something inspirational, but try to switch it off intentionally at some point in the day. Here comes another. Cut down your number of social media friends. The more friends you have, the more active you'll probably be. So go through your friends and streamline them, amen. Streamline them to the friends that you really are engaging with, their people, maybe their family members, whatever it is, but streamline your friends. And the final one, delete unnecessary apps and WhatsApp groups. A lot of us, including myself, are involved in a ton of groups and, uh, and we just leave them there and they keep sending things and then we eventually we respond Brethren, delete unnecessary apps and try and streamline your social media um, outlay or inlay, whatever you want to call it, to maybe one platform if you can. There's a few tips that uh, I threw out there with some young people this week. Any, anybody else has any other tips that we can help with that question with? I was just going to add to that. Those are all really great tips, but I'd almost say... Um, Doing it completely cold turkey is, as in just completely doing all of those things, is probably going to be very difficult. So sure. set yourself a bit of a goal, set some goals or gradually do it. You know, some of those things like the, the, thing, the spring cleaning and cleaning up the apps and cutting down, that's probably a good place to start. And then limiting the time, and what have you. Mm -hmm. um, but also try and get people to hold you accountable as well. Let yeah. people know and set some boundaries for yourself. So if it's a case of a timing thing, be saying to people, don't call me after a certain time or don't send me text messages or what have you. You know, that's going to help you think, okay, 
and I'm waiting for something, but hopefully you're not going to wait for something because I'm not going to do that. So, you know, let people know, set your own, set some boundaries and get people to hold you accountable, you know, and perhaps maybe do it with a friend as well. Sometimes we've been talking about getting support for things. You know, you've got friends who are all kind of struggling with the same thing, you know, do it with each other um, and set yourself some goals and then see how you can sort of gradually do that and then build up. Um, yeah, so that's why I'd ask that. Okay. Um, anybody else? So we go to the second question. Um, it was just number one, agreeing with Angela with the cold turkey thing. I definitely think taking it in incremental steps is the best way to overcome any challenge. Um, and just an, a practical tip um, for the social media platform Instagram. They've now introduced a new feature where you can say how long you want to be on the app for. Um, so, for example, you can say an hour, and then every hour they will send like a message, basically saying you've been on the app for an hour straight like take a break, go for a walk, read a book. And then that's a way that if you are struggling to come off the app and you're on it, it can remind you that of your own goals. Um, and then you can decide um, to kind of like peel yourself away and do something else. Thank you. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah. I was actually going to say accountability is really a big one. Uh, yeah. Angela made the point. Accountability. If you can get yourself to be accountable one to yourself do something to be accountable to yourself but involve others or someone else to help make you accountable and one of the ways that i would uh, sort of hold myself accountable is when i'm in my own home i will put my phone in another room so i don't hear the pings or anything like that and i'll say that phone goes in there and it's going to be there for an hour and it just helps so it's out of sight and gradually it will become out of mind. Okay, great, great, great. Next question. All right, Pastor Ray, another interesting question this person is asking. If your work requires you to constantly be on social media, how can I learn to limit that dependency so that I don't become an addict? <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, it's the same as someone who uh, administers drugs. It's the same as someone who's a workaholic. It's the same, you know, um, you have the same situation. People can get addicted to anything. Um, the reality is, though, is that, like we said, okay, um, at the beginning of this process, is that you've got to realize that when you go to work, you go to work. And then you need to switch off. And that doesn't only go for social media. That goes for people who work into the night and neglect family and all the rest of it. You've got to switch off when work is done. You switch off. And you have your screen, because I'm sure, unless you are someone that is working for one of these companies, that you are not working for Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Um, so they really shouldn't be up on your stuff. Um, uh, unless you're, of course, you're like Joanne and you've got your own business and you got to monitor what's going on. But even then, know when to stop, like Mike said, switch the device off, have a room where you work and then come out of that room when you're eating, when you are socializing with friends, when you are just reading, maybe watching TV, but it has to be in a different place. Do not take your work into your bedroom. Do not take your work into your kitchen while you're cooking and all kinds of stuff. Separate that from your regular life, just like you would if you had a job. 
Anybody else want to comment on that? I was actually just thinking the same thing. Um, with my job, I have to use my phone constantly. But I found that if, like in the morning, actually, I do have a question, that's real quick. Um, is sports considered social media in the sense of, can you hear me? In the sense yeah. of, in the sense of getting up and looking at the sports score instead of social media, because we don't talk about sports as social media. Yeah, I mean, Pedro, let's be real. If if all, everything we do is encapsulated in social media, yeah, I don't think there's any aspect of our life that's not in it. Even church, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and so, yeah, anything can be that. But again, it comes back to the limiting, the conscious limiting. And Angela, you're right. It ain't so easy to go cold turkey. I hear you. I hear you. But um, what Michael said and what you said earlier was that we've really got to look for accountability partners. But first of all, accountability to, to ourselves, which would lead us to the person or the group that can help us through the process. Um, and there are groups out there, whether you, you know it or not, that can give you help when it comes to social media addiction. Um, anybody else? Let me quickly respond to that question that has just been asked. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my IT personnel not too long ago. And I mean, I walked into his office. He's got screens all over the place, telephones, everything. And it's all on and he's doing his thing. And I said to him, when he goes home, how much time does he spend on, you know, social media, his computer and on the phone? Because he does it all day. And he says, when he goes home, he doesn't look at a computer at all. He doesn't pick up his phone at all. He says he does it all day at work. When he goes home, he leaves it alone. Yeah. I'm just going to add, this is, of course, probably a really good time to replace it with something else, i.e., you know, you said reading, what have you, or developing your spiritual life. You know, I think we, when we're thinking about if we are so addicted to something, and if, especially if that comes before our relationship with God, that's a good place to kind of be starting on that, you know, to prayer, reading your Bible, you know, going out and connecting with nature, all those kind of things. So taking up a new hobby, because again, you know, sometimes if you have been doing something so much, you want to be doing something else that's going to take you away from that. You know, it's very easy to sit there and say, well, actually, I do this all day. Okay, I'm just going to put it down. I'm not do anything else you know you want sometimes replace it with something which hopefully is going to be much more productive much more healthier for you um so. so replacing is good um it's very good or something that is productive and energetic hopefully um all right any other questions i think for the past two years right for the past two years and all that a lot of things have changed on social media in terms of access to the internet um, a good bit of change because the the power of society end up being the social media or, or or the access to the internet. Now, I think it's a very valid question that the person had asked because into this society, you know, and most of the jobs, it, it really locks into the internet. Let me put it to the internet access. Now, I don't want to say social media. Huh? I want to say internet. Right. And and in spite of, oh, oh, we know what is right, we have to be very cautious and be smart at the same time because as simple, as simple as locking off your phone 
you know, it, 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 it can cause so much triple effect down you for so many other persons down the road, you know? So, so one has to be very smart and be very careful, you know, in terms of how we conduct ourselves, whether it be on social media or work, especially in a work field, because, you know, it, it is easy to set that switch off your phone, but then it's so much complication down the road, you know? Mm -hmm. So one has to be very careful in terms of how they choose career, that's one, and how you conduct yourself, even though you're in the Christian realm. Thank mm -hmm. you. Okay, nice, thank you. Thank you for your addition to that. Yes. Um, our next question was, can social media negatively affect my relationships with others? And if so, how? Um, you know, I mean, I can boldly say yes. But anyway, <laughs> um, what are we thinking? Team, what are we thinking? Can social media affect our relationship with others? Most definitely. I'd agree with you. Um, and again, on so many different levels, potentially, um, you know, if, whether it's, it's especially if this, for instance, we start off talking about how we present ourselves. If you're never really presenting the true version of yourself and being real with people, people are not seeing the real you. Um, you're kind of presenting, a, you know, we talk about versions of you. If you're never connecting with people in person, it's a very superficial surface level type of relationship. That means you're not really getting to know people. You're not really developing anything um, possibly meaningful and what have you. So even the concept of likes and friends, that kind of, you know, and they're interesting words that they use because it gives a perception that, yes, we know loads of people and we've got great friendships and what have you. But friends, those kind of relationships are based on much more, much deeper. And you can only go so far in the virtual realm. Um, I think if you're so consumed with social media and being on your phone, that means you possibly neglect, as Michael says, the consequences of things, um, yeah. part of the seas. You know, if things become more important, you know, the things that people who should be important to you, you start to neglect them. You don't develop, you don't look out for them, all of those kind of things. So it's on, I mean, we could be talking about this all day, I'm sure, in terms of how it can impact you. Um, but definitely, definitely can do. Yeah. And, and I'll piggyback. Joanna, what, what are you thinking? Joanna. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Uh, I think, you know, it even has an effect on your consumerism habits and um, the way that you deal with people, friends, family, whoever that you have on social media. Um, you know, it influences the way that you want to be perceived and therefore influences your behavior. Um, it's a huge kind of dictator of how you navigate the world and how you see yourself um, and more so how you think people perceive you. Um, and sometimes you try to tailor what that looks like to try and be deemed as better or superior or whatever um, that is. So it definitely can affect your relationships with other people, um, which is why you have to be so conscious as to who you're engaging with, how long and the reasons behind that. Um, because, you know, not only can it have an effect on you today, but it can have really long lasting effects down the line. I was going to say, following on from that as well, you talk about social media and how actually long lasting the effects can be. Nowadays, you know, especially if you're looking for jobs and what have you, employers will look at your social media. And we see a lot in the media where, whether it's celebrities or whoever, things that they may have done 15, 10, 15, 20 years ago is coming back to haunt them. So again, being really mindful of what you're putting out there um, may not reflect who you currently are, but that's what people are looking at. And, you know, it can have kind of quite devastating effects. So again, that 
it can have that's a negative impact right there potentially because what you what you put out there often can stay there and even if you delete everything sometimes that footprint is still following you around mm, mm, mm. yeah else before i i have a question just come into me um host do you have any more questions yes there's one that 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 i will read here this person would like to know can social media addiction lead one to commit suicide um, you know, it's interesting um, you say that because one of the videos I was going to show and decided not to show it because it was very graphic in its content um, was of um, um, social media bullying, which led um, this girl to take her life in a horrific way. Mm-hmm. Also, people can, um, if they're in a low point in their life, they can literally put the word suicide in or something related to to that in and in some on some sites it will tell you how to do what you need to do um and so it's it's it it definitely can um and 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 those are the extreme cases but it does happen um there's someone who is suing facebook now actually several people um suing facebook now because of that same situation and they they're supposed to that word suicide or I think it was euthanasia or some kind of word that came up, um, assisted suicide, I think it was, um, that they should have tracked and they didn't. And um, and now they're at a position where it's a very, very serious situation. The child has died and the parents are suing the, 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 the social media company. Um, yeah, I, I, think I've, I think I've heard also, um, Ray, that a young person actually, uh, how do I correctly say it? All right, a young person actually completed a suicide on social media. They actually saw. Yes, yes. Being, yeah. being done. Being done. And, and that yeah. was re- really distressing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, is the answer to the question. It does lead to it. Cyberbullying is real. Um, we just had some police come into our schools to talk about that with the children. It is becoming more and more than actual physical bullying, cyber bullying. People are getting away with it. Um, however, there are red flags now and they, they will prosecute you as a criminal. Um, this is not a school issue anymore. This is a criminal offense. And, uh, and you will be held accountable. And if that person takes their life, you're looking at a manslaughter charge for all parties involved. It's very, very serious. Um, so stay away from that. Um, let me add this um, before we end today. And um, the question is, should parents look through their children's phones? Yes. <laughs> all the time. I'm going to say this right off the back. I tell my children this. The phone they have is not their phone. It's my phone. I bought it. So if I want to look through my phone, then I will look through my phone. They're just borrowing it. Mm -hmm. That's just how I do it in my house. Everybody's different, but I just thought I'd thought i point out there. Okay. So yes, look through their phone. Look through their phone. Anybody else? Yeah, same. Same? I pay the bill. Same. Yeah, you got a teenager in your house, so you I know I know you gotta be in control. Yeah. Um, is there anything anybody that will disagree with that and say the child has has rights? 
I believe the child does have rights. However, <laughs> as everybody is saying, it's about being responsible. And I think you should be able to have a conversation with your child to explain why you are doing what you're doing, if you're going to be checking. And also to say to them, you know, if, you're, if you are embarrassed by what you, you didn't want me to see something that's on your phone, maybe you shouldn't be posting those things. And I think that kind of education piece and having a conversation and connection with your children to have those kind of conversations, have that kind of relationship. You know, if you've kind of got that, hopefully that won't be an issue. You know, if there's something that you want to be hiding from your parents, then it's potentially a problem. Yeah. So you have, have your rights, your but your parents are in control at the end of the day. So well, yeah. you said they have a right. At what age? They have, I'm, I'm saying generally they have rights, but they have no, they have they no have right. A, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's, that's what I want to ask. At what age do they have rights? Because I we've had this discussion. At what age do they have rights? Because I'm like, I'm sorry, my kids has no right. They're under my roof until the day they leave. That's when they have rights. We've had the discussion before, Angela. No, so no, I, no, I, so I just I have to. Say, I, I would say that the children has rights from day one. Yes. They have right to be respected. So yes. How we interact with them, and I think Angela got it right, how we interact, the way we connect and develop a relationship with them is important. But yes. they have a right to be respected from day one. Mm -hmm. I didn't say I don't respect them. I'm just saying, that's what I was trying to get her to, to say, because I was misunderstanding what she was saying. I respect my children. And I'm truthful with them, and I respect them and until they lie to me then they lose that trust then it becomes an issue with what she said so that's mm -hmm. that i was just trying to get a more understanding of it i don't want people to think i'm just like you know they have no right it's like you know lock and key in here it's not like that i well, do respect know, I, my children I, I, do, I do also believe that there are some instances where children do have their little privacy um in the sense that you know um you know, they, especially when if you're a male a dad and you have female children, um, you know, you don't be oh, sleeping around all kinds of things. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. And and so I think there are some, you know, that those kind of things. But I think when it comes to and, and, and the reason I say this is because uh, two weeks ago in a certain school, um, this one child went on to Pornhub. OK, and this child um, added some stuff on Snapchat, but he put about six or seven other children from that school in the Snapchat. And the only how it was detected was the mother, when he's asleep, goes through his phone. And she was outraged. So she contacted the school. Um, and then of course, they got all the guys together and they had to take them through some kind of intervention because it was hardcore pornography at a very young age. Um, and, um, and so I am saying that from that standpoint, I think it's important that parents monitor mm. the phone use of their children. And I hope that helped with the question that came through. Well, guys, we're at the end of our discourse on pornography, I mean, pornography, on social media. Um, it's been lively, amen. it's been real, it's been uncensored, um, and we just thank God that here on Talking Point, we're able to have these discussions. I'm going to start with our guest first and ask her 
Is there any takeaways, anything you want to tell a young person out there uh, that will help them through the social media jungle? Yeah, it is an absolute minefield. I think my the biggest thing is really about intention. One thing that is part of the, uh, I guess, fabric of social media is the fact that if you start watching something and entertaining a certain type of post, they will start pushing that kind of content to you. And so it does take a level of awareness and understanding as to how you're dealing with these social media platforms and also to parents and adults. I'm not a parent myself, but I appreciate how important it is to have that visibility over your children to know exactly what they're consuming and how it can be affecting their character, their upbringing, who they are um, going to be in society. Um, and I think to older um, adults, so young adults, when thinking about social media, you know, be intentional in how you want to use it and don't allow the social media platforms to use you just as a consumer, but actually um, be a bit more intentional in how you're using it and don't allow it to skew your perception of self, especially, you know, us as Christians, we have our identity in Christ. And so lean into that far more than you lean into um, what the world tells you to be or, or who you should be. So, yeah, that would be um, my message to those listening and watching. And, yeah, it's been fantastic speaking to everyone and hearing everyone's points. OK, um, Angela, what do you got? I would encourage people to get from behind their screens. Um, you know, we've, we spend a lot of time, you know, especially over the last couple of years, people working from home, on computers, on our phones all the time. But I'm going to encourage you to put it down. It can be done. And as you were doing that quiz, I was thinking, actually, I didn't answer yes to many of those, but I knew I did. But I made a conscious decision to think this is such a time consuming activity. and I really can't be bothered to do that. I want to do other things. And there's so much more to discover. And I'm kind of reminded of 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, where it says, you know, for God has given us, um, he's not given us a, sp a spirit of fear, and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. We can make those changes. We can do something different. So my, yeah, my encouragement is to. You know, get from behind the screen and discover the world. There's I like that. Get from behind the screen. What do you got, Pedro? Um, what they both said, I'm kind of piggybacking on them in yeah. a sense of um, at dinner time, just put everybody, turn off the TV, turn off the phones and just have family, just have family time or just have your own time. Um, or in the morning, um, don't get on the phone. If you're driving, just drive and, and just think in silence, have a quick prayer. Um, Try to connect, you know, just try to connect with yourself, connect with God. Because um, as we said, you know, God is the one that can that can bring you through all of this. And when it comes to social media and the children, just be very steadfast and making sure that your child is protected. And um, you have to put in the work. You can't just assume that it's being done. You have to you have to do it yourself. You have to put in the work and make sure that you monitor and that you're watching everything your child is consuming because it's, it's just really, there's a lot out there right now, but it, it does take time and it does take energy, but it's well worth it because mm -hmm. your children are involved and yourself too. Okay, Michael? Yeah, I would say plan your usage. Be intentional as to when you will be on you know, um, social media and what you will engage in, in social media. And, and my text would be by beholding we become changed. So what we do, what we watch, what, and how we engage will actually begin to formulate the kind of person we are, the character that we build. Plan 
and intentionally use it when you decide to. Mm. I like that. By beholding, we do become change. And Jenya? Well, Pastor, um, you know, I do it for the love. I don't do it for the likes. Um, you uh, might know that one. <laughs> uh, but just to say that, you know, it's got to be about positive purpose. If it isn't, then pull the plug. I mean, social um, social is not going anywhere. It's here to stay, I do believe. So we've got to know how to manage it. Network, build your brand, use it for positive change. It's a platform that you can use to make a difference. Do that. And if you're not doing that, then as Angela and the rest of the team has said, just step back. And you can also step back regardless. Yeah. Yeah, love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, they, we were supposed to end right now, but there is a question that uh, Abigail has just sent me, said it's just come in, and so she'd like us to answer it, and we're going to take a second to do it. Is it wrong to want to change yourself, to want to be like or portray certain qualities of persons on social media? Is it wrong? No, it isn't. No, it's not. No, there's a lot of inspiration, inspiration out there. We can be inspired by things. There's lots of positive things in, on social media. Yeah. And I think if that can spur you to change your life for the better, ultimately, though, you should be looking to God to help enable you to do that. That's where we should be getting our validation. I think Xenia said that right from the get go. Yeah. But I think there's so much there is also so much positive things on there that, yes, if that's going to inspire you, and that's going to help you do something or give you because there's lots of information. There's lots of suggestions, lots of tips, all those kind of things. So if that's going to help, then that's potentially a good way to do that. Mm. But again, it's about getting the balance right and know what your intention is and what your purpose for doing it. Yeah. Anybody else want to come in quickly? Because um, I don't, I, I, once again, it, it depends on who it is and it depends on what the motives are. Um, and also um, whether or not that person is validating the God in you. Um, you know, it's very, very Amen. important. Um, as, you, as you think about that well guys it's been real thank you so much for locking in with us um, we do want to thank the folk from trinidad i've placed ray of hope for you at hotmail.com that's my email if you'd like to send it in like the others i read out today send them in to me and i'll deal with you uh, direct send you information make some contacts maybe even send you um what um some of the, the email well some of the things I, I talked about today the quiz maybe you can take it with your family or your young people um it'd be interesting to see um who scores highest and what the, that and you know mike we, we we look at the scores but we very rarely want to make the change you know what i mean so we'll say well i scored nine or i scored six and and then that's a score and then we're done we move on like a video game nobody wants to make the change but the whole idea of it was to show you where you need to start making the changes and hopefully that will be something that we do uh, let's have a word of prayer before we hand back to our host father again we want to thank you for all our discussions today thank you for joanna coming on and michael and the rest of the team thank you lord for allowing us to share with our folk uh, friends in trinidad now, Lord, as we discuss this very important topic, because I think more than alcohol and everything else, I think the young people are more addicted or it's a bad habit that we have dealing with social media. So we need you, Lord, to go to where they are and send your spirit to assist us and to show us 
how to deal with this very important subject. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen, amen, amen. Certainly, Pastor Ray, we want to thank you and your entire Talking Point team for the time spent with us this afternoon. Amen. And I don't know about you, Candice, but I have been thoroughly informed. Yes, yes, I have. And I yes. look forward to not just hearing and taking from this, but also telling other people what I have learned and Certainly. also putting, in it, putting it into, into practice, practice in my own life. See, you know what I recognize, Candice? Mm. Based on the quiz that was you know, shared, that I am borderline a social media addict. Oh my God. So you will need to pray for me, right? I will, I will. <laughs> All right? Okay, nice. So again, we would like to thank you viewers for joining us here this afternoon. We have one more edition, so you don't want to miss it. We invite you to invite a friend and come and join us next week, Sabbath for our program. Right, yes, Candace? yes. So like I said, it's going by so quickly. Next week is our last edition of this series. Our topic next week is dealing with church addiction. Church addiction. Some of us are addicted to the church, but few of us are addicted to Christ or involved in with Christ. I want to look at church addiction next week. God bless you. Adventist Radio London, inspiration for the soul.